0: Welcome Jubilee and Readers to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, now put the gun down, didn't anyone ever tell you it's not polite to point? Here to provide analysis for that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm doing good. It snowed
1: here to, like yesterday, I guess I could say, so it's feeling rather winterish in Michigan. Uh, now put the gun down is referring to Spider-Man uh talking to the masked uh assailant
0: here, who we never really figure out who he is, right? Yes. Any villain that has a gun or even a police <laughs> officer with a gun pointing at him.
1: I'm very happy to have a Spider Man
0: who's cracking jokes while he's fighting again.
1: Because I feel like we haven't had that for a while. So
0: Yes, he gave up that shtick we talked about. Yeah. We thought it was the jokes, but you know, he was supposed to be giving up being Spider Man. But we have Spider Man and he's back in action and this book is From July of 1986, Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 278, If This Be Justice, written by Tom DeFalco, Peter David, and Joe Duffy, penciled by Mike Harris, and inked by Vince Colletta.
1: A masked man disguising himself as a police officer and wielding a high-powered revolver is killing super baddies. His next target appears to be the recently arrested and framed as the Hobgoblin, Flash Thompson.
0: Yeah, I didn't understand this from the beginning of the book until I read your summary. Thanks for clearing that up for me.
1: Aye, no problem. Joe Robbie and Karen Cushing have set Peter up. Peter will go and interview Flash in jail. Peter wants to support his friend, but is torn because he thinks the article the Bugle will write will disparage
0: Thompson. He's also a little torn because Flash Thompson was sometimes a jerk to him, as we discussed in our last Amazing Spider-Man podcast.
1: (laughs) After interviewing Flash, Peter's Spider-Sense pings as he sees the cop with the mask walk past. The masked cop nearly kills Flash because he thinks Flash is the Hobgoblin, but is interrupted by Spider-Man! When the police come running, Spidey decides to fight his way out. The masked man releases all the prisoners to increase the chaos and his chances of escape. As he steps out the back door, he comes upon the Wraith, a.k.a. Brian DeWolf, and shoots him. When Spidey exits the same door, soon after,
0: he finds Brian DeWolf dead. Yeah, I really like the idea of bringing Gene DeWolf's brother into the comics again, but just like Muramoto, he's just killed and no one seems to care. We
1: end with the bros asking the Hobgoblin why he chose Flash Thompson as his fall guy, to which Hobby replies, why not? And now, James B., it's time for the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life.
0: Eddie, Peter is infatuated again. Now he's in love with Flash's pro bono attorney. First he says, what a knockout. I'll be anyone she wants me to be. Then later he says to himself, "Down boy, remember you're in relationship with Mary Jane as bizarre as that might be. Eddie... even yeah, I mean, he was into Joy Mercado recently too. this guy needs to he needs to calm down. I mean Mary Jane I guess, is not locking him down as a boyfriend and it's definitely causing him to have a wandering eye. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to
0: The Complicated Ladies of Peter Parker's Life. Well, in our next book, we're going to have one of the very few attractive women who Peter Parker does not seem to have his eye on. In fact, I promise you that Spider-Man won't even comment about her in this whole book. (laughs) And that's from August of 1986. Daily presents The Amazing Spider-Man 279 Savage is the Sable by Tommy DeFalgo, Rick Leonardi, and Vince Coletta.
1: <laughs> the cover of this book says, Where is Spider-Man? And features the Silver Sable and Jack-O-Lantern fighting. Where is Spider-Man? Oh, he's in the book. You just need to look closely. Okay. Silver Sable, a highly skilled fighter who runs the bounty hunting Silver Sable International Corporation, is struggling to apprehend Jack-O-Lantern. In her research, she sees Spider-Man as someone who's tangled with Jack before and has an idea. We switch to the Bugle, where Jay Jonah sees a full-page ad in the Bugle requesting Spider-Man's help, to which he exclaims, I am
0: surrounded by idiots,
1: incompetents, and assassins! Jay Jonah is infuriated that his paper would operate as a medium to communicate with Spider-Man until he's told Sable paid double the premium for the ad. J. Jonah Jameson can be bought, just for the record. <laughs> as Sable is finishing up an interview on an NYC morning show about her Bugle ad, she witnesses a robbery gone awry, resulting in the murdering of a little girl's mother. This gives Sable flashbacks of her own mother's murder and sends her after the criminals. Sable catches up to the robbers as Jack-o'-lantern and his men catch up to her. A fight ensues in which Sable tosses a propane
0: tank at Jack, causing an explosion. Yeah, she's down one point to her last little knockout weapon. She has to make a decision, and she chooses to incapacitate the criminal who shot the little girl's mother instead of Jack-o'-lantern, allowing Jack-o'-lantern to escape. In an epilogue of an amazing Spider-Man book that has
1: zero Spider-Man or Peter Parker in it, Joy Mercado sits in an ambulance surrounded by the remains of the Roxxon Corporation's Virginia Mountain Research Facility, wondering, where is Peter Parker? Jim Shooter's still in charge here, but he is going to get fired pretty soon from Marvel. And if he's going to write books like this, maybe he should. How dare he not include Spidey?
0: Yeah, my summary for this book would have been one sentence. I guess it's good for the listeners that you're here. But you said in a book that has zero Spider-Man or Peter Parker in it, yes. Eddie, there is a Spider-Man in a flashback panel. Aha! Uh-huh. And at the end of the issue, they show his costume.
1: <laughs> That's a costume, not actually Spider-Man? Well... You know, it was important to learn about Silver Sable and interesting, actually, because she has shown up before. So I'm fine with this book for that reason. But
0: yeah, is it is this book is this book better than the Beyonder grabs the puma and Murimoto plays, you know, punk rock?
1: Yes, absolutely. For me, because. Silver Sable, she, this is a continuation of a story, and it will have a, another book after it, and she's a known character, so we, we got some background on her. I, it's funny to me that Jack-O-Lantern, who's, I think, one of the goofiest villains ever, is, like,
0: all over the place again. It's funny to me that she's having a hard time with Jack-O-Lantern. She's not like, <laughs> I can't take out the Hobgoblin. I'm working hard on it. She's like, I'm struggling with Jack-O-Lantern. So Pogo she's Platform? Stri- Yeah, if she's struggling with jack-o'-lantern, because she can't handle these, like, D-level villains, she's in big trouble when she meets this next group. And that group she'll find is from September of 1986. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 280, The Sinister Syndicate, by Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, and Brett Breeding. We begin with action. Spider-Man and Silver Sable are in furious
1: battle with the Sinister Syndicate. This group includes Boomerang, Rhino, Hydro-Man, Speed Demon, and the Beetle. Hydro Man, Boomerang, Speed Demon? Uh, where's Pace Pot Pete? He's more competent than all three these guys put together.
0: <laughs> According to Wikipedia, this is the first appearance of this group. So, good news, we didn't miss the whole origin and building of this group from the scrap heap. I know we're making fun of all these guys, and you left out two of them for a reason. I mean, you're right. At least Rhino sort of appeared in the movie, right? Yeah, so.
1: yes. But somehow, within a few panels, our heroes are not in good shape. The book moves to a flashback that shows Silver Sable courting Spider-Man's help. At first, Spidey won't fight for money. But when Flash's lawyer tells Peter she can't even get his girlfriend to cooperate, uh, Shawshan resents Flash for his affair with Betty. Peter realizes he needs Sable's cash.
0: All right, 1986 Spider-Man's new M.O. is to turn down a job for cash and then decide, hey, I have good use of the cash. So I'll take the job. But the cash is not for me. He's also willing to melt down gold notebooks for the same reason. You know what I'm saying?
1: (laughs) Morally dubious. Uh, Across New York City, a myriad of familiar characters' stories grow more interesting. Ned moves out, leaving Betty. Further afar, we see Sandman enjoying his peaceful new life, which the narrator says will soon be interrupted. The Rose sees an opportunity to pit Jack-O-Lantern against the Hobgoblin. Speaking of hobby... We first see him cavorting with the lead designer from Kingsley Fashion Company, and then we see him heading out of his apartment in his civvies. With his unmasked face blocked in every panel, he bumps into MJ on the street. Mary Jane greets him cheerfully, clearly recognize him, and the two stroll together chatting.
0: You know, the Rose, poor villain, he has such good plot lines, but we all think he's really boring. And, and they give him good material to work with, whether it's jack-o'-lantern against the Hobgoblin and trying to take out the yeah. Kingpin. It's, I don't understand. Like, I guess he's... Uh, it's just something's missing there. Uh, I know MJ and Hobby should be in the main discussion, but can Marvel have a Hydra-Man appearance without needing to get the Sandman involved? <laughs> we get it. They're opposites.
1: Back at the uh, Samarkarian embassy, Spidey asks Sable what her plan for capturing jack-o'-lantern is
0: by the way can you explain what the
1: Cymarkian embassy like why we why we're there <laughs> this is sable's silver sable's like headquarters um she it, 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 is she cymarcarian i don't think so but i think she uses this embassy to hire the mercenaries that work for her corporation hunting down people so uh, that's the way I understood it, right, James B? No, I don't. I don't care enough to look it up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into Silver Sable like the rest. Pretty, of the Pretty. I'm pretty so. sure. I mean, I didn't include it in here, but the uh, the people who are going after Jack O'Lantern are a um, Central African nation, and because he he did something or other uh, that we'll find out more about in the future. Um, anyways, Silver Sable calls. Uh, Silver Sable says. Uh, Jack-o'-lantern called me and said to meet at Coney Island at midnight. <laughs> Although Spider-Man recognizes this as a clear trap, he agrees to go. We return to where this book began: with battle raging, Ferris wheels breaking, and cracked, whirly teacups, until Sable and Spidey are pinned under a giant wooden roller coaster. The Sinister Syndicate weakens the structure, sending it crashing down on our two heroes. <laughs> We end as it appears both will be captured by the new group of super baddies. Many stories progress in this book. Which which one did you find the most interesting, James B.? Uh,
0: not surprisingly, I have been interested in the implications of Betty and Flash. Huh. The level of their affair and the consequences have become more clear in these last two issues. Uh, how about you? Oh, that's interesting
1: because I actually find Betty and Flash...
0: Did not you know they were having an affair? Just, I, I did because... You you knew it was like... like well... An, an implicitly an extramarital like relationship breaking affair not just two friends like feeling like, okay, I'm I, feeling... I think
1: when Peter discovered that they were together when Flash was at football practice and Betty came to him that the writers wanted to indicate that this is something that's not going to reflect well on Ned and Shawshank. They're, you know, Wife, other wife and husband in this relationship. Sure, so. but
0: the, re- the way that the writers reflect it is Peter to maybe be a little awkward thinking about it, as opposed to just just show us. Yeah, uh, you know I mean, have him go in a hotel room and flip the sign on the door to say like "Do not disturb." <laughs> and true. Have, co- have him do the walk of shame in the morning. I mean, I I'm just like thinking, okay, Betty and Flash are together and they're con- and they're consoling each other and they're worried about each other, huh. but then. You kind of get into this like Ned's like, you know, you're having, you're cheating on me. I'm leaving you. And Shawshank's like, I'm not even going to stand up for you in court. You know what I mean? Like, well, this yeah. is a serious situation.
1: I, yeah, it is really bad for Flash because he really needs Sha- Shawshank to say, "This guy's never been the Hobgoblin. I lived with him, and I, <laughs> you know, he's well,
0: they're married, aren't they?
1: Right? Or are they not married? Actually? No, they're not. They're not married, but right."
0: No, they're not. But also, in the same world, if, if this is going on, why isn't Betty like, you know, staying at the prison and, and like, True. you know, like, or is she? Is she going to the prison and, and holding Flash's hand through the bar saying, I love you? Like, like you know, what, you can't have it both ways, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Either they're in love or, or they're, and they're in, involved or they're not. But they kind of have it like that. they're just ruining their lives for nothing. Like, are you pulling for Betty and Flash to get together and be Ooh. happy with each other? No, I'm definitely not. I don't like that. But right, because they're, because their situation is yes. extramarital, fast, you right. know, as opposed to like Liz Allen and Harry, who you are fine getting together because they both seem to be available. Right, true. Okay, okay. all right. Well, I, that's what I was reading about. Like, uh, you know, what what are you reading about? <laughs> what are you reading about these books? I
1: was I was very happy to learn more about the Hobgoblin's identity, and when I say that. No, we didn't learn like a ton, but quite honestly, Hopkins Goblin's been around a long time, and we've had so few clues as to who he actually is. We know he knows Mary Jane Watson quite well, well enough to walk down the street and have a conversation with. Uh, I also, if I'm allowed to take two here, James B. I was very happy to see a new super baddie group. <laughs> I know it's a goofy uh, compilation of villains because there's some goofy villains in there but it, it it's back to marvel's roots of like storytelling where they assemble these teams to go up against spider-man or whoever else so
0: looking forward to that do you uh, remember we just covered this is issue 280 and 266 which was you know about a year ago in spider-man books we had another super a uh, super group form. Do you
1: know, when I say Sinister Syndicate, I immediately think of the Sinister Six. <laughs> but is this
0: were they the Fearsome Four?
1: Was that no? It was,
0: this is a group of three that got together. A group of three, a superhero group gets together. Yeah, was this and was- Wizard and. Uh, no, I I love the superhero group. I, what? I have the I have the book right next to me what? on my shelf right here. I'm going to take it down. Wait, these are bad three bad guys. Got together. I didn't say that. I said superhero group.
1: Oh, okay. All right, all right. Sorry. They
0: they may they may have been bad at one time, but like in these books here, like the Puma is a Puma a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like everybody right. sort of changes right. their stripes. Yeah, it's got wow. uh, Spider-Man's on the cover. Okay, he's wearing his black costume. He's separating two guys trying to punch each other. And then. Uh, Ooh. Listeners, are you guys letting Eddie know the answer? Ooh, I think he got me today, James B. I was the name of the James group B. was The Misfits.
1: The Misfits? Is this with Cannonball? It's got Frogman in it. Oh! <laughs> How could I forget? And Toad and... Uh,
0: Spider-Man's other sidekick.
1: Yeah, uh, Otto. Or no, not... <laughs> What's his name? The kid that is Doctor Octopus and Spider Man at the same time. I can't remember his name right now. Who Ollie is Ollie Osnick. Ollie Osnick. Thank you, James B. Yeah. So they're coming up with all kinds of uh <laughs> all kinds of things. So Gee, I wonder why I didn't get those three.
0: <laughs> I asked you like a year ago you came up with a superhero group and you're like Sinister Six? I'm like, sure, Eddie. <laughs> Sinister Six. It's like podcast number 11 for us. <laughs> well, that's know.
1: why Sinister Syndicate is so close to Sinister Six, right? So I just immediately jumped to that. Sure. Mm.
0: You're only off by 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that you won't be off on is getting some good advice from our sponsor. And Eddie, that's because life runs on energy. The items you wear and use in everyday life come from oil, natural gas, and petroleum. Rocks on oil. Our sponsor today is the leading producer of items worldwide, from rubber masks to whirly teacups, Trust Life, Trust Roxxon, Roxxon Oil, and its subsidiaries, are proud sponsors of the Let's Read Spider-Man podcast. All right. Well. Returning sponsor, by the way. You know, I mean. Didn't it's... have a problem with them before, so nothing you have to say now. <laughs> uh, Eddie, if people want to... Actually, do we have anything else we need to talk about here? I feel like we went through... These are good books, right? Yeah, I enjoyed f- all
1: three of them, actually. Even the one without Spider-Man was not too shabby.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. I could see... I was thinking of jumping out to Reddit and going, like, what do people think of the issue that had no Spider-Man in it? But I know the world loves Silver Sable. I just don't know why. I like it. I like her. She's she's interesting. Eddie, have you read ahead in these books? I have a little bit. Are we going to see more of the, uh, the masked... Person running around killing super baddies I do not know the answer
1: to that he's not shown up in my reading ahead so
0: okay I don't right. know well let's wrap this guy up how can people uh, reach us
1: you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join us on discord or connect with us through social media
0: it's time for the close and I'm James B joined by Eddie And remember, listeners, to be careful of a new group of baddies, the Sinister Syndicate.
1: They are composed of the Rhino, the Beetle, and uh, three other guys.
0: Goodbye. Bye. Eddie, you remember when the Enforcers tried to add some new guys and we refused to learn their names? (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) I I was uninterested in (laughs) knowing who they were because they remind me of Speed Demon. What? Why do we care about Speed Demon? (laughs) I I was just
0: going to ask you, did you... uh, I was just going to mention, in Amazing Spider-Man 278, you said that we end with the Rose asking the Hobgoblin a question. Do you remember... Uh, what you said i do he asks why
1: he chose flash thompson as his fall guy to which hobby replies oh why not yeah he actually
0: asks him why he chose flash thompson to be his cat's paw cat's paw yeah he says why did you choose flash thompson to be your cat's paw and then the context clues come along and he explains why you know he's like you know why not so of course i went out there i'm like what's a cat's paw Yeah, what is it, James B.? So apparently there's an old Aesop's fable involving a monkey and a cat. And the monkey wants to eat some chestnuts that are being cooked in a fire. So the monkey convinces the cat to reach in and grab the chestnuts. But the cat keeps burning his paw as he grabs them. And the monkey's going to share them with him, but the monkey just keeps eating them. And the cat doesn't get any and finally, like, a maid walks in or something, and the monkey and the cat have to scatter. So the monkey is, like, this genius, and the cat is, like, the dupe who, like, did all the hard work, huh. you know, and took the fall and, you know, burned his paws for the monkey. And that's the expression where it comes from, the, you know, wow. don't be a cat's paw. So there you go. I'm
1: an Aesop fable. Boy, yeah. I haven't read those in a long time.